Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for the strength of our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We always encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody come to salvation through Jesus Christ. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We want to continue our line of thought and study, talking about the wiles of the devil, and that is the means that he uses to try to lead us away from God and into sin, and thereby to our soul's eternal destruction. We use as our base text here Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 10 and 11, where the Apostle Paul wrote, finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I like that word, as I've said, wiles. Descriptive, intriguing when you start to think about it. The wiles of the devil. Well, what are the wiles of the devil? Those are his schemings. Those are the ways that he tries to lead us into sin. And so Paul talks about this this suit of spiritual armor that God has prepared for us, that we should put on and wear every day, all through the day, day in and day out, to be able to withstand all of those wiles of the devil, all of his schemings, all of his traps that he tries to throw at us through temptations to lead us into sin and thereby away from God. Now, then he lays out that those pieces of that armor, he talks about girding our waist with truth and putting on the breastplate of righteousness and shodding our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith and putting on the helmet of salvation and carrying always the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and also being careful to keep on praying to God for strength and deliverance and protection from all of the wiles of the devil. Well, we need to be aware that the devil is out there. As we've said many times in these studies, the Apostle Peter describes him as being our enemy, our adversary. In fact, our deadliest and and fiercest adversary, walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that's you and me, the ones he's after, trying to devour spiritually. And Peter goes on and says that we can resist him steadfast in the faith. And so that's why this study is so important, why being in God's Word every day is so essential, so that we can be strong in our faith and effectively resist the devil. Well, that's, that's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. We've talked about some of the wiles. We're talking really about eight wiles of the devil, eight different ways that he uses his schemes to pull us into sin. 
You can probably think of some more, but these are at least eight that are prominent. We talked about stealth, where he likes to stay below the surface, behind the scenes, but he's always doing his work trying to pull us into sin. Talk about bluffing, where he tries to bluff us into thinking, oh, you, can, you can dabble in sin here and there a little bit now and then. You can do some things. It's okay. You can still be strong. You can come out of it. Yeah, that's, those are bluffs. What about doubt? Do you think the Bible really means what it says? Do you think there really is a God, or do you think God's really going to punish you for sinning a little bit? And perversion. Well, our, our culture in our country right now is filled with all kinds of perversion. We normally think of sexual perversion, but it goes far beyond that. There's all kinds of perversion. I want to talk about another one today, and that's anesthesia. You might say, anesthesia? How, does the, how in the world would you say the devil uses anesthesia to try to lead us into sin? Well, what is anesthesia? It takes the senses away, doesn't it? At least the sense of pain. It, it, when we think about it to its ultimate degree, it's when somebody goes in for surgery and the, the anesthetist gives them anesthesia that actually puts them to sleep. And so they're not even aware of what's going on during the surgery, let alone feeling the pain of the knife cutting through their skin and their muscles and so on. Anesthesia. But it doesn't have to put us to sleep. We can just get a shot. And in a localized area, it can take away the sense of pain. It can anesthetize us to the pain or to the feeling there. And the feeling is important when we're talking about our spiritual lives and what the devil tries to do to lead us into sin. Well, think about what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we want to look at verses 3 and 4. And here he wrote, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God, lowercase g, speaking of the devil, of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Well, the devil is good at blinding us if we're not careful to the truth and to reality of the consequences and the dangers of sin. We look also at chapter 3 in 2 Corinthians. We want to read verse 14. Again, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Well, so many people, when they're reading the, the, the scriptures, if they're reading them at all, they're not, they're, they're not seeing what they really say, or at least they're not really analyzing what they really say. They may say, well, I read this, or some preacher told me that, and so they kind of gloss over, and they don't really get the depths of the meaning there. Here in today's Bible class, we try to get into the depths of the meaning, help you understand what the scriptures really say, and not let the devil blind you to the truth of God's word. We look at Romans chapter 11 and verse 8, and again, notice what the Apostle Paul wrote. Along this line, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. Well, why would God give somebody a spirit of stupor? That is being, well, again, the senses not being alert and active as they should be. Well, he's talking about people who have so far 
who had so who so repeatedly and to such a great extent turned away from the true the te- the true teachings of God's word. God's letting them, you know, wallow in that stupor. But we look at other passages of scripture along this line as well. I want us to go back to Ephesians and look at Ephesians chapter four this time. Ephesians chapter four, and I want us to read verse nineteen. And this, I think, is really, you know, vivid imagery again of how the devil tries to anesthetize us to the realities of the guilt of sin and the consequences of sin. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Past feeling? That's what, it, that's what anesthesia does when the doctor is working on us in some way, maybe stitching up a, 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 a sore, a cut, or maybe actually anesthetizing us to the point that we're, doing, we're having surgery done and we don't even see what's going on. We're asleep. We don't feel any pain at all. Well, so many people have had their conscience seared or anesthetized. They don't feel guilt anymore over sin. And that is a really sad and dangerous reality for a whole lot of people. In 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we, we look here beginning with, verse, beginning with verse 9. And here the apostle Paul wrote, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, the devil with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception, deception, deceiving us into thinking something that is false is true, deceiving us into thinking what is the truth of God's word is really false, anesthetizing us to the feeling, anesthetizing our conscience So with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this reason, God will send them the strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Again, we can get to the point where we so allow ourselves to be anesthetized to the feeling of guilt, our conscience becomes seared. It becomes without feeling. It becomes inactive to the wrong that we're doing in our lives, and we don't feel any guilt over sin. The devil works effectively to anesthetize our feelings. We look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2, and Paul again writes about this. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, the devil again, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. My understanding is that when a rancher brands cattle, the cattle that he's raising, he uses a hot branding iron, and it, it, it burns through the outer hide of that cow, but then that hide heals, but the feeling is no longer there. It's been seared. It's been, the, the feeling has been, taking, been taken away. The scar tissue is there, but it's without feeling. We can so disrespect our conscience when it comes to sin in our lives 
that we can get to the point where we just don't have any effective conscience anymore. A whole lot of people are there. They are living in sin. They feel no guilt whatsoever. They don't see sin as being sin. They see it as being okay, even righteous in a lot of people's minds. But that does not change the fact that it is truly sin. Well, I want us to look at another one, and that's distraction. If the devil can, can keep us distracted from the truth, distracted from what we should be doing in the life we should be living, well, then again, he's got us. I said many times through decades of teaching and preaching that if the only way the devil can effectively or can keep us from being effective in our spiritual lives and our dedication and faithfulness to God, if the only way he can accomplish that is by keeping us busy doing things that seem to be good things, but they're not the most important things, and being all tied up in those matters keeps us away from the more important matters of really living for God and serving him actively, worshiping him, being with the church when the church meets to worship God and study his word, well, then he'll keep us busy doing things that we that appear on the surface to be, well, good things, distracting us. First, uh, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 22, we read this. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world, the word, and he becomes unfruitful. We get refocused on other things. We think, oh, I need to, I need to make more money. I need to buy these things. I need to, yeah, and those things can be okay on a surface level basis, but if they keep us from really being dedicated, actively serving God on a consistent basis, they're distractions. They're distractions that pull us away from the dedication to God that we should be living with and in, and they lead us into vulnerability to sin. Distractions, another of the devil's wiles to pull us away from God. Well, let's stop now, and we'll look a little further next time. Father, help us to keep focused on serving you and walking with you and staying away from all of the wiles of the devil to distract us, to deceive us, to lead us into such a sinful state that we no longer have any feeling of guilt. Please protect us and strengthen us and help us to stay alert. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.